This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. It's Zoomer Radio's Theater of the Mind with Frank Proctor. Open your mind as we fill your head with amazing thrills, chills, <laughs> and laughs. Theater of the Mind, the best love programs from radio's golden age, only on Zoomer Radio. Now, here is your master storyteller, Frank Proctor. Well, thank you, and welcome to the show. Well, seems as if the clock is my arch enemy again tonight. Two lengthy shows, which means I'll just sit back and listen along with you as we begin with Eve Arden and the gang on Our Miss Brooks. Our Miss Brooks, starring Eve Arden. Although Our Miss Brooks teaches English at Madison High... Her problems, like those of any other teacher, aren't always confined to purely scholastic ones. There's Mr. Philip Boynton, for instance, a biology teacher of whom Miss Brooks is extremely fond. And who, in return, lavishes his affection upon his frogs and guinea pigs. <laughs> there have been other problems, too. A perfect example of what I'm talking about occurred last Sunday. A grand illustration of what can happen when you let a little softness of the heart spread to your head. The day started off innocently enough when my landlady, Mrs. Davis, knocked on my door around 9.30 in the morning. Connie! Oh, Connie! Get up, Connie. It's 9.30. Oh, come on in, Mrs. Davis. I don't like to disturb you like this on Sunday. Oh, that's all right, Mrs. Davis. I've been up. Since when? Since you said, Connie, oh, Connie, get up, Connie. It's 9.30. (laughs) Well, I got your note to wait you, dear. I'm glad you did, Mrs. Davis. I've got to do a little checking today on one of my pupils who's been absent all week, Eddie Garson. But, Connie, today's Sunday. I know, Mrs. Davis, but Eddie's always had such a good record of attendance. I just can't understand it. His mother hasn't answered any of my notes, and by tomorrow, Mr. Conklin will send a truant officer after him. I'm going over to his house today and investigate. It's very nice of you to take such an interest in the boy, Connie. Well, I feel it's my duty to go to Eddie's home, Mrs. Davis. He's always been a good student, well-behaved, with a fine character, and he lives four doors for Mr. Boynton. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I see. Connie, did Mr. Boynton ask you for a date? How could he, Mrs. Davis? I haven't asked him to yet. (laughs) But if I can straighten out Eddie Garson in a hurry, I might accidentally run into Mr. Boynton. I'm perfectly willing to meet him halfway... Of course, if his door opens outward, I'm liable to get a broken nose. <laughs> but I understand that Mr. Boynton likes to take his Sunday morning constitutional by himself. Well, that's what's nice about a constitutional. You can always amend it. <laughs> Coming. Miss Brooks. May I come in, Eddie? Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, sure, sit down, Miss Brooks. Thank you, Eddie. I'm glad to see you're not sick. I came over to find out why you haven't been in school all week. Well, frankly, Miss Brooks, I've been pretty busy. Oh, well, I guess I can go home now. You know, it's no joke trying to raise kids. Kids? You're only 14 years old yourself. 
That's what makes it so tough. Oh. Well, I guess I can go home now. <laughs> I've been taking care of my kid brothers, Miss Brooks. You see, my father's on the road and my mother's in the hospital. Oh, I'm sorry, Eddie. Is there anything I can do to help? Oh, there sure is, Miss Brooks. Mom's over in the Clay City Hospital, and I'd like to hitch a ride out and see her today. If there was only someone to stay with the kids. Well, you will? Oh, gee, that's wonderful, Miss Brooks. Hey, Mike. <laughs> hey, Mike. Hey, Jenny. Come here. What do you want, Eddie? Yeah, this is Miss Brooks. She's my English teacher at school. Oh. <laughs> I'm uh, glad to know you, too, Mike. <laughs> and this is Danny. Say hello to Miss Brooks, Danny. Hello. <laughs> now, there won't be any trouble at all, Miss Brooks. In fact, I'll give you all the help you need. Help? Yeah, with Tommy, the baby. Help? <laughs> well, I'll be running along now. I'll be home in time for dinner. Thanks a million. So long. Well, here we are. <laughs> I'm hungry. I'm thirsty. <laughs> well, you'll have to wait. Oh, on second thought, maybe you two other two better wait. <laughs> oh, quiet, baby. Nice, baby. Your mother will be home soon. Oh, dear. How does your mother keep him quiet? You gotta tell him a story. Yeah, you gotta tell him a story. All right, I'll tell you a story. <laughs> Once upon a time... <laughs> he heard that one. <laughs> He's pretty blasé for a child his age Anyway, once there were three bears You want to tell that old chestnut? <laughs> Give her a chance, Danny She might put a switch on it And so Snow White and the Prince Lived happily ever after I'm glad for him I wonder why Eddie ain't home you wonder why Eddie ain't home. Some English teacher. <laughs> you know, I never in my life hit a child, and this is the first time I ever wondered why. <laughs> Eddie should have been back by now, though. It's after seven. I'm hungry. I'm thirsty. <laughs> well, I'll get you something to eat and drink in a minute. <laughs> Quiet, Tommy. Now, once there was a girl named Little Red Riding Hood. Oh, great. Whose father was a traveling salesman. <laughs> and the glass slipper fit right over Cinderella's foot. Ooh, well, thank goodness they're all asleep. Now, if I only knew where Eddie was. Oh, shh. Hello? Hello, Miss Brooks. Well, gee, I had a wonderful visit with my mother, thanks to you. Oh, I'm glad, Eddie, but where are you now? Well, I'm still in Clay City, Miss Brooks, with some friends and mothers. The doctor said she can go home tomorrow, and if you'll just stay with the kids overnight... Oh, but Eddie, I haven't got any... Uh... We're one of mothers. Well, gee, I... <laughs> I sure appreciate this, Miss Brooks. I'll see you tomorrow. Oh, well, it's in a good cause. I'm hungry. I'm thirsty. <laughs> Once there were three little pigs Heard that one He's pretty blasé for a child his age Anyway, once there were three bears You want to tell that old chestnut? <laughs> Give her a chance, Danny She might put a switch on it And so Snow White and the Prince lived happily ever after I'm glad for him. Well, I wonder why Eddie ain't home. 
You wonder why Eddie ain't home. So I'm English teacher. <laughs> you know, I never in my life hit a child, and this is the first time I ever wondered why. <laughs> Eddie should have been back by now, though. It's after seven. I'm hungry. I'm thirsty. <laughs> well, I'll get you something to eat and drink in a minute. <laughs> Quiet, Tommy. Now, once there was a girl named Little Red Riding Hood. Oh, great. Whose father was a traveling salesman. <laughs> and the glass slipper fit right over Cinderella's foot. Ooh, well, thank goodness they're all asleep. Now, if I only knew where Eddie was. Oh, shh. Hello? Hello, Miss Brooks. Well, gee, I had a wonderful visit with my mother, thanks to you. Oh, I'm glad, Eddie, but where are you now? Well, I'm still in Clay City, Miss Brooks, with some friends and mothers. The doctor said she can go home tomorrow, and if you'll just stay with the kids overnight... Oh, but Eddie, I haven't got any... Uh... We're one of mothers. Well, <laughs> I sure appreciate this, Miss Brooks. I'll see you tomorrow. Oh, well, it's in a good cause. I'm hungry. I'm thirsty. <laughs> Once there were three little pigs. Well, let's not bring personalities into this. I'm hungry. I'm thirsty. Well, come on, drop the other shoe. That's better. Now, once there was a big giant. Oh, what a horrible night. Let's see now. I better see what's in the kitchen before hungry, thirsty, and screamy wake up. Oh, there's not a thing in the cupboard. I better call Mrs. Davis. If they'll only stay quiet for a few more minutes. Hello. Hello, Mrs. Davis. This is Connie. Connie, I've been worried sick. Where in the world have you been? I have no time to explain now, but I want you to do me a favor. When Walter Denton comes by to take me to school, send him over to 225 Park Street. 225 Park Street? Yes, Mrs. Davis. I can't make it to school today. But, Connie... I'll tell you all about it when I see you. This is mysterious. Not going to school on Monday morning. I'd better call Mr. Conklin. I'll... Just tell him that Connie is sick and... Hello? Hello. Is that you, Osgood? This is Mr. Conklin speaking. Yes. <laughs> this is Margaret Davis Osgood, and I just want to tell you that Miss Brooks won't be in school today. She doesn't feel well. Doesn't feel well? What's the matter with her? I really don't know, Osgood. I just know she's quite indisposed. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that, Mrs. Davis. I always get indisposed on Monday. <laughs> What's that, Osgood? Tell Miss Brooks to take care of herself. Goodbye. She didn't sound very concerned. If I were you, Connie, I wouldn't go in until I... Well, who am I talking to? She's not even home. What are we going to eat, Miss Brooks? As soon as I send one of my students to the store, Mike. You playing hooky today, Miss Brooks? I guess I'll have to until your brother Eddie comes home. Hey, that reminds me. I better call Mr. Conklin. What do I tell him? 
I can't explain about Eddie on the phone. Besides, there's no proof of this story until his mother comes back. I wish you'd talk to us for a while. You're making me very nervous. <laughs> I'm sorry, Danny. I know what I'll do. I'll make believe I'm Mrs. Davis and tell him I'm sick. Hello? Hello, Mr. Conklin. This is Mrs. Davis. Margaret? Yes, I just wanted to tell you that Miss Brooks doesn't feel very well. What's the matter? Is she taking a turn for the worse? Who? Miss Brooks. Yes? Oh, well, that is, she's no worse than she's ever been. Have you had a doctor? Yes, but how did you know she was sick? just told me a few minutes ago. I did? Oh, of course I did. Well, I'm, I'm terribly upset about this. Now, for heaven's sake, Margaret, don't go to pieces. Oh, quiet, Margaret. I mean, Tommy. I mean, oh, I'll be all right. Uh, goodbye, Mr. Conklin. I wish my mother was here. I want my Starring Eve Arden will continue in just a moment. But first, here is Vern Smith with an important announcement. Palm Olive Soap is giving away prizes worth $67,000. A grand prize of $25,000 in one lump sum, or $100 a month for life. And that's not all. There are over 2,000 prizes in Palm Olive's big treasure chest contest. Ford sedan, Westinghouse laundromat, from Silver Fox Guard, Toastmaster Toasters. And it's easy to enter. Complete the last line of this jingle. A fresher, brighter-looking skin is something I would like to win. I'll get Palm Olive Soap today. Da -da 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 -da. Write your last line on a plain sheet of paper or use an official entry blank giving complete rules obtainable at your dealers. Include your own and dealer's name and address and mail with the big word palm olive from the front of the wrapper of one regular and one bath size cake of palm olive soap to palm olive box 92, New York 8, New York. Now here's the jingle once more. A fresher, brighter looking skin is something I would like to win. I'll get Palm Olive soap today. Da 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 da. Mail your entry to Palm Olive, Box 92, New York 8, New York. But hurry, your last chance contest closes next Saturday. Get Palm Olive soap for a lovelier complexion. Remember, doctors prove Palm Olive's beauty results. <laughs> Back to Our Miss Brooks, where we find Walter Denton and Harriet Conklin listening to the radio in Walter's car. And that, ladies and gentlemen, concludes our newscast Walter, from our nation's capital. Walter, will you? I think they're going to give another clue for the $18,000 contest on Sing It Again. Okay, Harriet. And here, ladies and gentlemen, is your extra clue to the Phantom Voice on the CBS Sing It Again program. At camp, his father was a king who spent some time at lumbering. Okay, Walter, you can turn it off now. Boy, I'd sure like to win those prizes. At camp, his father was a king. So what was the second line, Harriet? The second line? Da-da, 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 da-da. Oh. <laughs> it was nice of you to give me a ride this morning, Walter. Oh, that's all right, Harriet. 
If I were the principal's daughter and you were me, you'd give me a ride if my father drove off to school early in the morning without me this morning, wouldn't you? <laughs> you mean the only reason you stopped for me is because of my father? Oh, of course, that's not what I mean. I, I thought you might want to ride over and pick up Miss Brooks with me. Mrs. Davis was pretty mysterious about her. Said she hadn't been home all night. But where did Mrs. Davis say Miss Brooks was, Walter? 225 Park Street. Park Street? Doesn't Mr. Boynton live on Park Street? Yeah, come to think of it, he does. <laughs> Walter, remember that picture we saw last week? The one called Her Other Life? Yeah, Harriet. Maybe Miss Brooks has another life. Who knows? She might even be secretly married. Miss Brooks? Married? To who? <laughs> Why, to Mr. Boynton, of course. I don't be silly, Harriet. Mr. Boynton doesn't like girls. He likes frogs. <laughs> well, it's a wonder I didn't think of it before. Why, they might even have a family by now. Well, just like a woman, always giving people families. <laughs> well, this is Park Street, and there's Miss Brooks in front of that house. Hiya, Miss Brooks. Here we are. Hello, Walter. Harriet, I'm glad you could... Harriet, I didn't know you'd be along. But now that you are, I've got to take you into my confidence. Harriet, can you keep a secret? Oh, certainly, Miss Brooks. Even from your father? Especially from my father. Oh, good. Then I don't want either of you to mention that you saw me here. You see, I told Mr. Conklin that I was sick, and, well, I'll explain it all later. But right now, you've got to go to the grocery store for me. But what is it you're going to explain later, Miss Brooks? That's the secret, Walter. Just take this list and this money and have them send these groceries out as soon as possible. The address is right on the bottom of the list. Well, okay, Miss Brooks, but there sure is something funny going on. Why, there's nothing funny about it at all, Walter. Good day, Miss Brooks, and, and give my regards to the children. Thank you, Harriet, I will. <laughs> now, do you believe me, Walter? Look at this order we've just given. Four bottles of milk, one dozen cans of strained vegetables, two chocolate milkshake bars, a large box of pablum, and some swieback. That sure is suspicious, all right. Nobody eats swieback if they're not married. <laughs> <laughs> Look who just came into the store, Walter. Oh, it's Mr. Boynton. Hiya, Mr. Boynton. Oh, it's Walter Denton and Harriet. How are you today? We're fine, Mr. Boynton. How are you all? Oh, well, as could be expected, we're anticipating a blessed event at any time now. Another one? Well, yes. Of course, Patricia has quite a big family now. She's even changing her name. Oh, yes. Patricia's one of my favorite frogs. Oh. <laughs> those, uh, those bundles look pretty heavy, Walter. Can I give you a hand with one of them? Oh, yeah. Thanks, Mr. Boynton. We just bought them for Miss Brooks. Miss Brooks? Well, why didn't she come down herself? Well, she looked pretty upset when we saw her last, Mr. Boynton. Here, you better take both of these bundles and get right over there. Me? But get right over where? I guess you never heard of 225 Park Street. Park Street? Oh, I live on Park Street. Harriet, he says he lives on Park Street. <laughs> oh, come along, Walter. We'll be late to school. Don't worry, Mr. Boynton. Your secret is safe with us. Yeah. I think it's wonderful. <laughs> And while Sleeping Beauty was waiting, Prince Charming came to her door. 
Come in, friends. Uh, oh, it's the doorbell. <laughs> I guess you got carried away by the story. It can happen to me. <laughs> At last, the groceries. Uh, hello, Miss Brooks. And Mr. Boynton, right behind them. Come in, won't you? He's a big one, ain't he? <laughs> ain't he? There she goes again. Uh, Miss Brooks, who, who are these? These uh... Children will do, High Pocket. <laughs> oh, they're, they're terribly bright. Now, boys, run to the kitchen and play with the meat cleaver until lunch is ready. <laughs> All right. But please make it snappy, because I'm hungry. And I'm thirsty. Oh, did you have to turn that on? Oh, excuse me, Mr. Boynton. There, there, little baby. There. Oh, I guess I'll have to pick him up. No. Uh, Miss Brooks, I don't want to pry, but where did all these children come from? Why, any biology teacher knows that. The stork. <laughs> What I mean is, whose are they? Well, they're the children of Eddie Garson, who's a student of mine's mother. What? Which their father is a traveling salesman. <laughs> I'm afraid you're upset. Oh, well, of course I am. You'd be upset, too, if you had breakfast crying and three children cooking on the stove. <laughs> Well, isn't there anything I can do to help? Yes, there certainly is, Mr. Boyden. You can help me get this house tidied up before Eddie brings his mother home from the hospital. Oh, but, Miss Brooks, I've got to go to school. You're smart enough now. <laughs> In some ways. <laughs> Call Mr. Conklin and tell him you're ill. But I'm, I'm not ill. Well, stick around a while. Your chances will improve. <laughs> well, I don't know what this is all about, Miss Brooks, but if you're in trouble... The... Well, the least I can do is stand by and lend a hand. Give that boy a box of merit badges and two tickets to the next Olympic game. Thank you. <laughs> no doubt you're wondering why I summoned you two to my office, Harriet. Well, yes, Mr. Conklin. Please. I was speaking to my daughter. Harriet? Yes, Daddy. There's something strange going on in this school today. First, Mrs. Davis calls to tell me that Miss Brooks is sick. Twice. Then Mr. Boynton calls, tells me he won't be able to come to school today because he's expecting an illness. <laughs> and then, while I was conducting both their classes, I catch my own daughter receiving a note from this... This... Scallywag? <laughs> from this scallywag. Thank you, Denton. <laughs> Hand over the note, Harriet. But... The note. That's better. Hmm. Dear Harriet, whatever you do, don't let the cat out of the bag about meeting you-know-who in the grocery store and sending him where we did. We don't want to get Miss You-know-who in trouble. After all, we have no proof that those little you-know-whos are hers. <laughs> Nor are we positive that 225 Park Street is a love nest. You-know-who? Love nest? What's the meaning of this, Harriet? Well, oh, you wouldn't want me to betray a confidence, would you, Father? Yeah, you wouldn't want her to do that, would you, Father? Uh, Mr. Conklin? Quiet. I'll find out what's going on at 225 Park Street. Well, 
Mr. Boynton? Did you enjoy your lunch? Oh, yes, indeed, Miss Brooks. And you know something? Seeing you taking care of those children and then tucking them in for their nap after lunch made me feel that this is where you belong. Miss Brooks, did you ever think of giving up your career as a teacher? Why, Mr. Boynton? I mean it. I've been thinking it over all morning, and, well, I've got another sort of career in mind for you. You have? Yes, Miss Brooks, I have. Why don't you become a governess? <laughs> oh. Well, I'll tell you what, Mr. Boynton. I'll become a governess when you become a governor. <laughs> oh, it's been fun trying to help you out this morning, Miss Brooks. I hope I have been of some assistance with the children. Oh, you've been a tremendous help, Mr. Boynton. They would never have gone to bed so quickly if you hadn't told them that fascinating story about the African tsetse fly. <laughs> oh, it, it was nothing, really. Nothing, he said. It had everything. Humor, pathos, sleeping sickness. <laughs> now, if you'll excuse me, I'd, I'd like to wash the luncheon dishes. No, no, you sit right where you are, Miss Brooks. I'm going to do those luncheon dishes myself. Oh, but Mr. Boynton... No, has... no, I'll have them done in a jiffy. Picture you upon my knees. Just okay. Oh, I hope that's Eddie and his mother. Be right there. We will raise a family, a boy for you, a girl for me. Oh! <laughs> Mr. Conklin. What's going on here, Miss Brooks? I was under the impression that you were sick. I was. I am. <laughs> uh, what a coincidence. You're meeting me here at the doctor's. <laughs> Did you say the doctor's? He's an obstetrician. What? I don't think I helped my case any. Well, everything's all set, Miss Brooks. I just... Mr. Conklin! Good afternoon, Mr. Boynton. I suppose you're here visiting the doctor, too. Oh, of course. He's expecting tadpoles. Uh... <laughs> it's, it's my sinuses, Mr. Conklin. Oh, well, you've certainly come to the right place for treatment. An obstetrician should do them a world of good. Now, see here, you two. I know this is no doctor's office. You know what I think? I think you two are secretly married, and this is your love nest. Love nest? Love nest? Love nest? Love nest? Who are these? What? Are... Where did they come from? Now, now, from? please, Mr. What? Conklin, remember your blood pressure. Oh. He bears an interesting collar, doesn't he? Now, see here, you little... I, I don't know what you are, or who you are, or... <laughs> Oh, please. You're like when I was silent, picture. <laughs> Get back in your room, you two. Sit down, Mr. Conklin. Take it easy. But, Miss Brooks, you promised us another story. Get back in your room, or I will kill you. <laughs> Come on, Mike. He's turned on us. Oh, now, please let me explain, Mr. Conklin. Very well, Miss Brooks. Everyone's entitled to a hearing before he's hanged. <laughs> That's what I like, an open mind. Now, you see, sir, Mr. Boynton and I were just taking care of these children until their mother comes back from the hospital. That's right, Mr. Conklin. It, it was an emergency. Yes. That's all well and good, but why did you lie to me? Well, it would have been hard to explain on the phone, Mr. Conklin. And besides, I didn't want Eddie Garson to get in trouble. He's been absent all week taking care of his little brother. A very touching story, Miss Brooks. I don't doubt that your motives were of the highest, but I can't run a school that way. Miss Brooks? Unless you're in your classroom for the afternoon session, you had better look elsewhere for employment. Oh, that must be Eddie now. I'll get it. Eddie, I thought you'd never get... 
Where's your mother? Well, she's paying the cab, Miss Brooks. She'll be right in. The doctor says she's fine. Oh, good. Then she'll be able to take care of her family again, and I can get back to school. Oh, oh no, you can't, Miss Brooks. We need you more than ever now. Look, in this blanket here, a brand new baby brother. <laughs> Once upon a time, there was a governess named Connie Brooks. <laughs> Eve Arden as our Miss Brooks returns in just a moment. But first... Dream girl, dream girl, beautiful, lustrous dream girl. Tonight, show him how much lovelier your hair can look after a luster cream shampoo. Only luster cream brings you K. Dumas' magic formula blend of secret ingredients plus gentle lanolin. Gives loveliness lather even in hardest water. Glamorizes your hair as you wash it. Luster cream. Not a soap, not a liquid, but a dainty cream shampoo. Leaves hair fragrantly clean, free of loose dandruff, glistening with sheen, soft, manageable. Gives new beauty to all hairdos or permanent. Four-ounce jar, one dollar. Smaller sizes, either tubes or jars. Tonight, try Luster Cream Shampoo. And be a dream girl, dream girl, beautiful luster cream girl. You owe your crowning glory to a luster cream shampoo. And now, once again, here is our Miss Brooks. Well, I couldn't afford to lose my job at school, and yet I hated to leave Mrs. Garson in the lurch. So I did the only thing possible under the circumstances. I got somebody to help out in my place. Before I left for the afternoon sessions, I gave a few last-minute instructions. Uh, now, be sure the formula isn't too hot, and don't be stingy with the talcum powder. Any other questions? What should I do with the safety pins when they're not in use? <laughs> well, with a baby this age, you won't have that problem. Goodbye, Mr. Conklin. <laughs> Next week, tune in to another Our Miss Brooks show brought to you by Palmolive Soap, Your Beauty Hope, and Luster Cream Shampoo for soft, glamorous dream girl hair. Our Miss Brooks, starring Eve Arden, is produced by Larry Byrne, written and directed by Al Lewis with music by Wilbur Hatch. Mr. Boynton was played by Jeff Chandler. Mr. Conklin by Gail Gordon. Others in tonight's cast were Jane Morgan, Dick Crenna, Gloria McMillan, Tommy Cook, Sandra Gould, Bobby Ellis, and Jeff Silver. <laughs> Stay tuned for Gunsmoke, next on Theater of the Mind. Time now for Gunsmoke. Around Dodge City and in the territory on West, there's just one way to handle the killers and the spoilers, and that's with a U.S. Marshal and the smell of Gunsmoke. Gunsmoke, starring William Conrad, 
The story of the violence that moved west with young America. The story of a man who moved with it. Matt Dillon, United States Marshal. Well, Chester? It's another one, Mr. Dillon. Laying near his wagon. The horse was still hitched and was grazing. Another stabbing? Yes, sir, Mr. Dillon. Two buffalo hunters found him early this morning on the road leading out to Cimarron Crossing. We just brought him back. Who was he? His name was Jones. Les Jones. Been in town a couple of days buying supplies and food. Where'd he come from? Well, some of the boys told me he's got a little farm on up the Arkansas piece. Got a wife, too. Poor little thing, they tell me. Yeah. You know anything more about him? He was at Tab Slade Saloon last night playing Farrell. Drunk? Oh, we'd had a belt or two, but not drunk. Did all right at the Farrell table. Pretty much had $2,000. $3,000 and a widow woman on the Arkansas River. Big pardon, Mr. Dillon? Yeah, nothing, Chester. The money's gone, of course. Yes, sir. Ask the doctor to come down when he can with you, Chester. All right. Doc, come down a minute. Mr. Dillon wants you. Coming! I'm coming. Did Jones have a gun on him, Chester? We found a sharp special in his spring wagon. Uh-huh. He wasn't carrying anything on him. It's outside. You want to see it? Had it been fired? No, sir. Good morning, Marshal. Want to see me? I want to ask you a question, Doc. Yeah? There have been two stabbings in two months. Jones makes the third. You think the same person killed the other two? Well, there's no way to be sure, but from the position of the wound on the body, from the angle of the knife thrust, I feel the killer or killers use the same... Doc, I just wanted a simple answer. Yes. I think the same person murdered all three men. Yeah. Any way of telling how long Jones has been dead? <laughs> well, I'm not a Pinkerton man, but I'd say sometime after midnight. Between three or four in the morning, maybe. And I'd also say from the amount of bleeding... Okay, Doc. Chester? Yes, Mr. Dillon? Get my horse. I'm going to ride out to the Jones place. I figure Miss Jones will want to know. <laughs> Oh, Howdy, bub. I live here. Where are you from? I'm from Dodge. Dodge? Meet you right all the way from Dodge? Sure. Get down and I'll water your horse. All right. Yeah, here you are. What's your name, son? Alvin Jones. My dad is Les Jones. I, I guess you know him, huh? Yeah, sure. I guess most everybody knows him. Uh, your mother in the house? You gonna stay for dinner? Well, I don't think so. Is she in the house? Yeah, she's there. Just go on up. Don't worry about your horse. <laughs> Thank you. Alvin, Alvin, stop that. Don't be It's not, not Alvin, Miss Jones. Oh, I am sorry. I thought it was my son. My name is Dillon, Miss Jones. Marshal Dillon of Dodge. Come in, Marshal. Thank you, ma'am. You care for some buttermilk? Or maybe out here men don't drink buttermilk like they do at home. Thank you, but nothing for me. 
Ms. Jones, I got some unpleasantness for you. Yes? It's about your husband. He's in trouble? I left Dodge four hours ago. I thought I should be the one to tell you. He's hurt bad. More than bad, Miss Jones. I pulled the saddle off your horse, mister. Makes you a good one. Well, thank you, son. Alvin, this is Marshal Dillon. I'm Doc. The Marshal? Uh, Alvin, your pa won't be home for a while, the Marshal said. Well, not for how long? Well, I... Well, not for how long, Ma? Uh, not for quite a time, son, so uh, you will have to run things a while longer. Makes I can take care of Ma, all right? Sure you can, Elvin. Uh, would you stay to eat? No, 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 thank you, ma'am. I, I got to get back to Dodge. Uh, Ms. Jones, could I... Yes, Mr. Dillon. Talk to the boy, Ms. Jones. Explain it so he won't be bitter. Too many gunfighters got their start from a killing like this. I'll try, Mr. Dillon. I'll try. Good afternoon, ma'am. Make sure you got enough whiskey to finish the night this Thursday weather. Oh, we've got plenty, Mr. Slade. If no fight starts that... Oh, Mr. Slade. Huh? There's company coming. Marshal Dillon just walked in. Oh, uh, set that bottle of rye up on the bar. Yes, sir. Howdy, Matt. Join me in a drink? Oh, thank you. I will. What kind of dry? You've been traveling? Yeah, I've been up the river a bit to the Jones place. Jones? Tell his wife she's a widow. Oh, yeah, I heard about that. Too bad. He was in here last night, wasn't he? Oh, yes. Matter of fact, he was. You wouldn't know anything about his being killed, would you? What are you asking me, Dylan? Straight question. Are you saying I killed him? Just asked a question, Slate. I don't know anything. Someone knifed that man after he left here. He was taking a lot of money out of your place. You had a reason. I wasn't even here last night. My partner, Ben Ramirez, was running the place. Where were you? I was with his sister. All evening? Still late enough. Where's Ben and his sister now? I don't know. Home, I guess. I think I'll ride out and have a talk with him. And Slade. Yeah? If you have any big winners tonight, make sure they get home safe. Shadow? Here I am. What do you want? I'm looking for Ben Ramirez. 
He is not at home. You're his sister. <laughs> I am his sister. <laughs> What's the matter? You don't believe me? Well, yes, I'm not, but I thought... You that... thought I would be in the house? Why, when the night is so beautiful? You want to talk with me? I want to talk with your brother. But he's not here. So why not talk with me? My name's Matt Dillon. I, I'm Marshal of Dodge. I know. I've been wanting to meet you. Yeah, I've come on business. I like business. Talk with me. Last night, maybe after midnight, a man was killed on the river road. Killed? By a knife stabbed in the chest. Why do you tell me this? He was carrying $3,000 he won at Slade's. And so? Uh, Tab Slade told me he spent last evening with you. He came for dinner. He often does. He thinks he loves me. Uh, your brother, was he here? Tab Slade and Ben own the saloon together. They're partners. They think at least one should be there all the time. Ben went down after we ate. Did Slade, uh, uh, was he here long? Yes. He's my fiancé. So it's all right. Isn't it, Marshal? Well, that's your business, Miss Ramirez. My name is Evelita. You could call me Eve. Well, when do you expect your brother? I don't know what my brother does. He may be home soon. He may be late. I don't know. I've seen you when I've been in town, Matilda. Yeah? I don't ride in often. Played such a fool. He and my brother don't like me to come to town. Well, Dodge is rough, Miss Romero. Always he has to protect me. <laughs> Men are such fools. But Matt Dillon is not so. Are you? You wouldn't keep me out of town. Well, I, that's not my affair, Miss Ramirez. It'll be for your brother and Tab Slade to say. Tab Slade thinks we will marry. But we won't. Because I don't love him. I don't love anybody. But I could. Maybe. <clears throat> and Ms. Ramirez... Don't I... you find me attractive? Well, well yes, I'm... Oh, why don't you kiss me? Well, well no, I didn't mean no. that... Dylan, I've got a gun pointed at the back of your head. Ben, I want to... Fooling with another man's fiancé isn't smart, Dylan. Ben, please. He'll go inside. All right. Aren't you going to say anything, Dylan? What do you want me to say, Ben? Oh, by this time, most men will be crawling. You're a hard one, Dylan. I can't fight a man who's behind me in the dark with his gun drawn. There, is that better? You can see me now. It takes a small man to make love to another man's woman. You can't haze me into a draw. I'm not trying to. I don't want a gunfight. I just want to talk, Dylan. Well, you're calling it. I saw a sleigh just a few minutes after you left this place. Told me you were trying to tie us with a murder. I said he was wrong and came up here to get the straight of things. From what I saw a minute ago, he might have been right after all. 
You'd like his woman, so it'd be handy to have him out of the way. Is that the way you figure it, Ramirez? Yeah, that's the way I figure the it. The only reason I came to your place was to talk to you. I want to find the killer of Mr. Jones and thought you might be able to help. Well, you're not going to get any information sniffing around Eve. What's your plan, Murray? I'll give you some advice, Marshal. Tab Slade's been a good friend of me, and I'll help him protect anything that's his. Eve's his, so stay away. You're not going to find a killer while you're saying pretty things. Are you through? All right, then listen to me. You say Slade had nothing to do with those killings. I won't say he did because I don't know, but I'm going to find out who did it, and if it was Slade, I'll get him. Now, do I ride back to town? Yeah, ride back to Dodge, Marshal, and uh, between here and where your horse is tied, don't so much as twitch a finger. <laughs> I don't know whether you're a fool or a brave man, Ramirez, but just let me give you one bit of advice. Don't tire the wrong brand. It's easy to do. Just walk away, Marshal, to your horse. And walk easy. Uh, Marshal. Yeah? If you find out who killed Jones, let me know. I'll do that, Ben. I sure will. Turn for the second act of Gunsmoke in just a moment. But first... Hello, I'm Kathy Lewis, the girl who plays Jane on My Friend Irma. Irma, tie this string around your finger to remind you that starting Sunday, we go on the air at 9.30 p.m. instead of 6 p.m. Eastern Daylight Savings Time. All right, Jane. Good girl. Now, what's that string to remind you of? To buy some more string? That's My Friend Irma, whom you can now hear on Sundays, 9.30 p.m. Eastern Daylight Savings Time. Remember, my friend Irma is now heard at a new later time on Sundays. Check your local schedules. Now, the second act of Gunsmoke. Almost four in the morning, Mr. Dillon. Four? Yes, sir. I'm sorry to have to wake you, but you better get dressed and come right away. They've got Tab Slade. Slade? Who's got Slade? Some of the ranchers. They're going to lynch him right in front of his saloon. Well, go and try and hold him for a minute. I'll be right along. Yes, sir. Mr. Dillon's going to have every one of you up for trial. There's no reason for you to get hurt. All right, Chester. I'll take over. Marshal, 
We don't want to have trouble with you, but we're going to hang Tad Slade. Uh, right now. Harrison, you're too smart a man to be the head of a mob like this, and I tell your men to break it up and go home. I'm sorry, Marshal. I can't do that. Slade killed another man tonight, and he's going to pay for it. All right, now listen to me, all of you. If Tab Slade killed a man tonight, I'm going to... He did. If you can prove Tab Slade killed a man tonight, I'll take him to jail and hold him there for trial. Marshal, Tab ain't going to be alive to stand trial. Do you know Slade killed anybody? If one of these men lays a hand on Tab Slade, I'll start shooting. There'll be a lot of men dead. How about you, Marshal? My feet get hurt, too. That's right, John. You could kill me, all right. But which of you is going to shoot first? And die first? Huh? Well, which one? Chester? Yes, sir. Go pull Slade off that horse. Cut the ropes and take a gag out of his mouth. Yes, Mr. Dillon. And you men, don't anybody make a mistake. Don't you move a shadow. I just... All right, Slade, get on off there. All right, Chester. Now, you and Slade walk back to the far side of the street, slow. Yes, The rest of you just stand where you are, looking right here at me. First man so much as moves his eyes will be in real trouble. We're across the street, Mr. Dillon. Good, Chester. Now walk Slade down to the jail and put him in a cell for safekeeping. Now, Harrison, you and your boys head for home, and if you got any sense at all, forget to tell your families what you were almost a party to. Now, good night, gentlemen. Chester, what happened tonight? man named Olson, a rancher, was at Slade's place. Gambling? Yes, sir, and he did pretty fair. He left around midnight and was found about two hours later. He'd been stabbed. His money was gone. Uh, you talk with him? Yes, sir. He just mumbled about having tried to be friendly. He said that several times, Mr. Dillon. Just being friendly. Then he said, I fired a couple of times. I think it hit. You mean he hit whoever stabbed him? I think that's what he meant. Uh, you say anything else? Nothing. Well, that's not much help in just that. He can't tell us any more. I'll talk with Slade and I'll bring him out. Huh? Yes, sir. Mr. Dillon wants you, Slade. Matt, Matt, you gotta believe me. I don't know anything about the killing. This one or any of the others. I don't have to believe anything, Slade. I'll find out for But myself. I didn't do it, Matt. Why is everybody sure you did? Why are they know. so sure that they're trying to lynch you? Look, does a lynch mob have to be sure of anything? Slade, before you came here to Dodge, you were a gunfighter. You had a bad reputation. Oh. You were in with the Kansas Raiders, sure, that's too. Right. The Raiders were killers and thieves. Some were. Now, when a man with your background goes straight, he's always suspect. Matt, I didn't have anything to do with the killing. What about this partner of yours, this Ramirez? I met him in Kansas. Him and his sister, we joined up and came out here. So we'd make good a team. Where's Ramirez now? I don't know. Matt, please listen You're to me. You're going to marry his me. sister? No. Yeah, Matt, I don't know. Why isn't Ramirez around now that you're in trouble? <laughs> please, maybe he doesn't know. I don't know. He'd know by now. The news is all over Dodge. Chester? Yes, sir, Mr. Dillon? Put Slade back in his cell, then load your shotgun and keep a close watch on him. Well, where are you going, Mr. Dillon? I'm going to take a ride out to the Ramirez place. I want to have a talk with Mr. Ben Ramirez and his sister, Eve. (laughs) 
Don't move. Just stay where you are, Ramirez. It's late for a social call, Dylan. Why? You're still dressed? I was just going to turn in. Last time we talked, you had a gun in my back. Now your gun's on your hip, and I'd be smart to keep it there. I'm not going to try a shootout with you, Dylan. I wouldn't chance it, especially in this lamplight. There'll be no reason for anyone to draw. I just want the answer to some questions. What questions? Where's Eve? What do you want her for? I ask you a question, Ramirez. I want an answer. Where's Eve? She's in bed. Where was she around three this morning? Here, I suppose, asleep. I think you better get her out here, Ramirez. What's so important about Eve? A man was killed this morning, and I think she might have done it. You know what you're saying? Yeah, I know. You're calling my sister a murderer. That's right. If you're going for your gun, Ramirez, make sure you're ready to die. I told you before, I'm not a fool. But if I can trick you, I'll kill you. Don't try, Ramirez. Why do you say my sister killed a man? No hand around these parts would stop for anyone on the road at night. Not unless it was someone they knew or someone they didn't have to fear, like a woman. Like your sister. You don't know anything, Dylan. You're guessing wrong. I didn't know when I got here, but now I'm sure. What do you mean? The man who died tonight shot at and hit the person who stabbed him. There's no blood on you, but there's blood on the floor over there by the door. Blood that could have come from a gunshot wound. That doesn't prove anything. And there's blood on the table by you there. It's not blood, it's just a shadow from the lamp. <laughs> light. Does it hurt, Ramirez? I hurt inside. Bad? I won't be around for the trial. Did she do it, Ramirez? Did your sister kill those men? She's not my sister. She's my wife. Wife? That's why she didn't marry Slate. She's in the other room. Hurt bad. Get a doctor for her. Ramirez? She's no good. But I love her. She's got a horse. grazing when I topped that slope. Matt, what are you going to do with me? Take you back to Dodge. Have you up for trial? There's no point. I wouldn't live long on horseback. I've bled too much already. Yeah. Is there anything I can do to make you more comfortable? No. 
future. Eve, can you tell me why? Why you killed four men? For a very simple reason. I wanted the money they had. I wanted it very much. Matt, I've been thinking about my husband. Is he dead, Matt? Did you kill him? He went for his gun, Eva. I killed him. He was kind to me. I tried to love him, but I couldn't. I didn't love anything but money. Maybe Matt, I could have loved. Oh, I'm sorry for everything. Matt? Yeah? It's very lonely. Would you do something for me? Sure. Would you hold my hand? Just rest here a minute longer. And perhaps I can. She lay there, her dark hair framing her face. The spring grass crushed by her body. A red stain across her silk blouse. The morning sun warmed the soft wind that moved across the land. Later that day, Eve Ramirez and her husband were buried on the outskirts of Dodge City. Not far from the banks of the Arkansas River. And later that night, Dodge City was alive with saddle bums, ranchers, cattlemen. Searching the dark of the Kansas night for excitement and life. Gunsmoke, under the direction of Norman MacDonald, stars William Conrad as Matt Dillon, U.S. Marshal. Special music for tonight's story was composed and conducted by Rex Corey. Featured in our cast were Georgia Ellis, High Everback, and Jack Crucian, with Richard Beals, Ann Morrison, and Herb Ellis. Harley Bear is Chester, and Howard McNair is Doc. Join us again next week as Matt Dillon, U.S. Marshal, fights to bring law and order out of the wild violence of the West in. Gun smoke. Don't miss Gangbusters and the case of the variable blonde later tonight on most of these same CBS radio stations. This is Roy Rowan speaking, and this is the CBS Radio Network.
Thank you for listening. Tomorrow night, it's Dragnet, followed by Father Knows Best. Thanks to Joel Schoenwell and Paul Stringer for technical support. The executive producer for Theater of the Mind is Moses Neimer. I'm Frank Proctor. Have a great night. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.